since early age, it wasn't weird for me to feel a presence, a higher presence, higher consciousness, which my dad said that like fishes in water, we're inside the source and mm -hmm. that we can either co-create or co-destroy. So be super superheroes <laughs> or supervillains. Welcome back, Envisionaries, to the Dream Into Being podcast, where mind science, transformational psychology, and magic all merge into one. If you're ready to dream again and transcend the inertia of what you've known, then I invite you to join me, your host and Envisioneer, Kat Divine, in expanding the boundaries of your own fantasia by remembering that you are the master you've been waiting for. Welcome back, Envisionaries. I have something incredibly special to share with you all today. However, I did want to preface this with a trigger warning because one of the things about this show that I really am very proud of is that there is an element of transparency and vulnerability and truth and honesty that I value so deeply. And so that is a part of the show. And sometimes what that does is it allows us to walk into content and topics that may be sensitive, maybe sensitive subjects for some people. We're going to be following the journey of a really dear friend of mine. And I have gotten to witness her completely change her life and radically blossom into somebody who I would actually consider a superhero in so many ways because of the impact that she's having on the world. And part of that impact is her ability to share her truth and the realities of her life experiences in a, such a beautiful way. One thing that she mentions in this interview that really struck me is that the study of mental health is actually in its infancy. And there's so much that we simply do not understand about it. However, if you just take a look at the world stage, it is very obviously something that is time for us to value and it is time for us to start having deeper, more meaningful conversations around so that anybody who may be experiencing it right now can realize that they are not alone. Whether you yourself might be struggling with any mental health issues or know somebody who is, this might be a really great window of opportunity for you to gain some deeper understanding and at the very least some hope from somebody who lives and breathes the true power of connection and the healing force that it has on this world. So if you do choose to watch this episode, I do believe you will be incredibly moved by this story and it may even inspire you to become a superhero of your own. Welcome back, Envisionaries, to another episode of the Dream Into Being podcast. Today's episode is really something incredibly special, and I'm so honored to have our guest on. She is somebody that has truly inspired me in so many ways, and the specific experiment topic that we're going to be diving into today is the connection experiment. When I was really looking at the big picture of what it is that she is bringing into the world, it really, the foundation to everything that she does is based in the power of human connection at, as a superpower almost and how it allows us to heal and to thrive. 
So one thing that I do on my show, Liv, that Mm -hmm. you may or may not know is instead of going through and reading a guest's bio, I actually give you guys a moment to celebrate yourselves and give you a chance to do like a little mini brag session of how amazing and how incredible you are. I think it's so rare that we get that opportunity. And I want to make sure that you share with the world some of the most beautiful things about your story, specifically to what we're going to be diving into today. So if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and a brief backstory and what you're super proud of. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. This is my first official podcast guest appearance. So, (laughs) you know, the advice I've been given, don't talk too fast, don't swear, don't get too excited. I'm also basically, (laughs) don't be me. Thanks. Um, my name is Liv Slania, and I am a criminal justice peer supporter at a mental health charity called Together for Mental Wellbeing, mm-hmm. where I help people with mental health issues who get in trouble with the law on their path to recovery. And the reason why I can do that and guide them through the situation is because I was in a similar position a few years ago. In 2018, I suffered a psychotic breakdown and was charged with arson with intent to endanger life which is how I found myself facing prison, potentially life. Mm -hmm. It was a really dark time. I lost everything, my mind, home, job, reputation, finances, and most of my friends. Only a few stuck by me and without whom I wouldn't be here today. It really is true that when it hits the fan, you find out who who your true friends are. And yeah, the few friends I had left, they were... They were my emotional wheelchair, you know, when I couldn't function. So I'm very, very grateful to have them. And uh, earlier, um, you and I uh, briefly spoke about the the quality that you only need one right person. Like Batman had Alfred and Cinderella had uh, Fairy Godmother. Yeah. Well, I had more than that. I had a few friends and their children that let me stay with them in their attic and during my recovery process. And that's where I found out about peer support, which I didn't, when I was going through the legal system and whatnot, I had no idea the peer support existed. Nobody ever told me about it, Mm -hmm. but only after I found out and I thought, Hey, like uh, somebody said, you'd be good at it. I'm like, would I, I don't even know. Let's try. And since then it's really been like, I found, I found my calling. I've never felt more useful in my life. And was the journey worth it to learn? Yes, 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 yes. Mental health um, is still, is still in its infancy. You know, uh, there is a lot of people who are within the mental health care system who learned about mental ill health from books, you know, which is fine because they can know theory, but theoretical knowledge only goes so far. And that's where peer supporters, we, experts by experience, come in. Because together, then the person gets the full full spectrum of of recovery, you know, of what's necessary for them to heal. Because it's not only that they need to know the names of the mental illnesses, you know, or or issues that they suffer from, but they need to know how to get through it day by day, you know, like every day is a drag. And the philosophy that I use, read and share with my clients with rapid results, uh, positive results observed even in repeat offenders is a philosophy called superheroics, which is based on my dad's teachings, who certainly knew how to live his life to the fullest. You know, he was um, he was um, a famous uh, artist, a household name and a historical figure within the world of art and philately, a World War Two hero. 
as well as one of the most sold, if not the most sold artist of all time, with uh, billions of his images circulating worldwide. But he stayed away from fame, glitz and glamour and chose to focus on what truly mattered to him instead, which is live a humble life with compassion, with kindness and joy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I was so lucky, you know, to have somebody like that to teach me um, about that from early age. You know, so I had my mom who covered the religious side. When one day I went to her and said, I want to be a good person. How do I do that? She could have answered anything. And the answer she gave me was "Mm, be like Jesus. And I thought, okay, what does that mean? You know, so I'm like, dad, mom said that in order to be a good person, I should be like Jesus. And my dad goes, oh, yeah, well, Jesus sounds like a prime example of what a good person ought to be. Uh Yeah, but I can't raise the dead, turn water (laughs) into wine, do any miracles or be the Messiah. So what do I do? Yeah. And he says, well, hold on a sec. It's it's um, the loving, um, caring, understanding and always forgiving character of Jesus that we should all strive to be more like. As for miracles, well, what is a miracle? I repeat something I heard somewhere. Oh, it's a highly unlikely event occurring in nature. And he says, yeah, okay, but according to whom? A human? Humans don't know nature well enough yet in order to make such a bold and frankly arrogant statement as that. And lastly, what, who is a messiah? And I thought, oh, I don't know, a helper, a liberator. And he says, okay, fair enough. Then next time somebody needs help and you can help them do it, liberate them of the problem and there, you're the messiah. What? So, so what do I do? Be kind, friendly and helpful to everyone, even people I don't know. Oh, yeah. Just because you don't know someone doesn't make them any less of a person. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of the superheroic journey, which mm-hmm. yet again, I kind of have to pinch myself that here we are. You know? I agree. Yeah. I know. It's really fun for me. I was sharing this with Liv before we got started recording uh her and i got a chance to meet about two years ago uh doing entrepreneurial support group and i'll tell you what that's where i really started to understand the power of community because i watched all of us like we were just little babies right just like learning kind of what we wanted to bring out into the world and we would support each other with like monthly calls really simple things However, each of us would just take little baby steps over and over and over. And you were one of them that completely skyrocketed. As soon as you connected with your vision, there was such deep clarity and so much passion behind it that it's almost like your life completely transformed itself because you were so committed to this beautiful passion and this beautiful purpose. So before we get into that, because that's going to be the highlight of the show, I would love for you to take our audience just a little bit back in time and share kind of your beginnings. Where did you start off in life? I know that you just shared a little bit about your childhood, but from childhood to maybe 28, was it 2018 when things started to really get a little bit chaotic for you? What was life like before that? So, first of all, being the daughter of somebody so established um, as my dad, I'm not going to lie. It comes with with opportunities and and privileges. You know, um, I, I got into a very fancy school before even applying because one of the bored people were fans of my dad's work and I thought that's unfair and because I was so impressed with my dad's life story which was he did it himself with the help of people who believed in him but he was the one who kind of paved his own way so I thought 
that's cheating. I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. Wow. And I remember my dad's face. He kind of looked at me and he was like, it's very noble. It's very noble issue, but very naive. But okay, you know, because, yeah, he didn't want to get in my way because, yeah, yeah, yet again. So, so I decided I wanted to be a musician because I remember when I was small, my mom loved music. Yeah, she loved ABBA and Michael Jackson, Elton John. Mm-hmm. And my dad was actually making a stamp of ABBA and... He told me that he felt like a knight in shining armor when he got uh, the autographs for my mom. You know, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, I loved it. So I thought, oh, okay, that's very cute. And yeah, growing up with my mom, who made sure that I understood the basics of of moral ethics based on religion, because she was a born again Christian. And then my dad covered the spiritual and the philosophical angles. Mm -hmm. So he told me a lot about different um, philosophers, uh, different spiritual and religious gurus as well. He taught me a lot about history. And since early age, it wasn't weird for me to feel a presence, a higher presence, higher consciousness, which my dad said that like fishes in water, we're inside the source and that we can either co-create or co-destroy. So be super superheroes or supervillains, uh-huh. you know, when I asked him how to become a superhero, um, he said, um, actively work on the content of your character and the quality of your deeds to make sure that your inner superhero ratio is bigger than your supervillain one. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I can do that, you know, and uh, yeah, I had I moved to London in 2002 following music because my mother loved music. So I wanted to be a musician to make her happy. And um, it was yeah, it was amazing. I lived kind of a little bit of a rock and roll life, uh, had a band, great bandmates, great life. Then went into music PR, which I fell in love even more because I, I never liked to be kind of on stage ugh, performing. You know, oh. once we we kind of got to it and it was fine but overall mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I prefer to be in the back and music PR was amazing and literally things were going great until they weren't Mm -hmm. then this there was a straw that broke the camel's back and I suffered yeah a psychotic break which Mm -hmm. yeah which found me charged with arson with intent to endanger life serious I'm not gonna lie it was awful Mm -hmm. it was awful but the experience having gone through, yeah, to the to the end, like kind of come out the other way, the other end, yeah, is how I said. Um, would I go back to pre-fire to my old mindset, or would I go through what I had gone through in order to land where I'm at now? I do it again. Know. You know, because life isn't without its trials and tribulations for a reason, mm-hmm. to make us grow, to make us learn, and for us to fulfill our our potential. Because the smooth sea hasn't made a skillful sailor. So if you don't learn about the bitter and the sour, you will not appreciate the sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's not our fault. You know, what comes easy to us, we tend to take it for granted. And <laughs> I did too. I did too until before. You yeah. know, I thought certain things mattered to me that, that I couldn't live without. And suddenly losing everything, it's like, oh, well, I'm still here. Wow. You know, it wasn't easy. There was a moment when on the day of the trial, I I couldn't sleep. So I ended up kind of climbing over the rails. Mm-hmm. It was that bad to mm-hmm. wanting to. Yeah. Because it seemed like the more bearable option. I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. I felt so hopeless and also an embarrassment to both my mom and dad, especially to my dad's legacy. 
you know, they, they told me, you know, the daughter of so-and-so that lost her marbles. Mm -hmm. So, but then I kind of, I heard a voice that said, don't give up now. And I was acquitted and free to go, which sounds amazing, right? I was like, oh my goodness, miracle. Yay. Mm -hmm. So on the night, on the night after the trial, I went to sleep thinking all is well. The next morning I woke up thinking all is well. Okay. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. A few hours later, I was in a supermarket doing my first official grocery shopping as a free woman yeah. when my friend phoned me and said, hey, have you Googled yourself today? No, of course you haven't. Oh, man. Well, there is a new article about you, but this one is worse. Um, a court's news related blog that previously wrote a blurb about my case, this time wrote a longer piece, very unflattering, um, clickbait headline, a picture of me outside the court. Uh, which completely ruined my chances at moving on, putting the chapter behind me and starting over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yet again, my thoughts turned dark. Was the point? Wouldn't it be easier to yet again self-delete? Yeah. But according to my dad and superheroics, superheroes never give up and superheroes don't harm. So I had no choice but to keep going. Right. And yeah. I'm very grateful that I did and working with people who find themselves in the darkest hour of need I can be there for them and for years now I've been doing that which is the most rewarding thing I've ever experienced I bet yeah. and thank you first of all thank you so much for being willing to be so transparent and so honest about your journey I think that is your superpower, because I can see that you have transcended and that you don't have any shame. Or You're the one with the wings. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share these wings, but that you don't carry any guilt. And I think that's what makes your story so incredibly healing, because one thing I find interesting is I actually think that everybody suffers with mental illness to varying degrees. And it has, you know, it's been such a taboo subject, as you mentioned, it's in its infancy, the study of it. And unfortunately, we spend more time and energy in guilt and fear and shame trying to hide it. However, every human being cannot escape these parts of us because it is part of the human experience. And I've shared similar experiences with you in my past of being a completely different person and also being at that edge of wanting it all to end. And I think it is such an amazing thing that there is a light inside of us that even at that darkest point still wants to go on. That is really incredible. And yeah, so I would love for you to just if you don't mind tapping a little bit more into the world of mental health, what you have learned since all of this transpired, because I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you are exactly on your path and exactly on point because we need more and more people like you speaking transparently and speaking openly so that more people come out of the shadows and that they're willing to ask for help and to kind of let go of their past identities. And we're going to talk a little bit more about identities as we get mm -hmm. into the book, but okay. just any, yeah, any insights that you have on the realm of mental health in case somebody is new to it or a little bit afraid of it? So the first preconception that I'd like to kind of hit in the head and destroy is the fact that mental ill health doesn't make sense that people who suffered a psychotic break they're just talking nonsense rubbish don't listen to them not true 
Every single story that, including mine, that my clients have shared with me and that I've experienced myself, including in my family from both sides, to be fair, um, there is a reason for everything. So if somebody is telling you that they're talking to a little creature, you know, that in the shape of a teddy bear with a button for an eye, there is a reason for it. You know, most likely when they were three, there was a traumatic incident, but their grandma who then died gave them the teddy bear and that was their kind of safety blanket. Right. You know, and if you start digging more and more, you will understand what the person that's deemed psychotic is actually trying to tell you. And many people are experiencing a form of awakening. You know, there it's a spiritual experience as well. People right. people think that mental illness is a curse, but the only reason why is because it's been presented that way. Mm -hmm. And people aren't told how to get through it. It's like, oh, you're here. That's it. You're done. You know, these meds do this. That, and then people just sit there. Mm -hmm. if people like us 500 years ago would have been burned at stake. Yeah. 100 years ago, we would be lobotomized. you got to ask yourself, why? Right. You know, and the fact that many people whose paths never crossed, you know, who come from completely different uh, parts of the world, they say similar things, mm -hmm. you know. So it's time to investigate a little more and listen to people who might might sound weird. Mm -hmm. But if you dig deeper, you're going to understand where, where what their story is. Yeah, I actually love that you just brought that up because it's something that I look at from like a large universal perspective. I'm always I'm that curious cat that's like, why? Why are things the way that they are, uh, even though it's normal to everybody? It wasn't always this way. And I am of very course, yeah. and I do think about larger structures of control. And I think, like you were mentioning, that there is a component of spiritual awakening that is also occurring. And I think that that makes people harder to control, right? If they're not programmable and if they are attuned to different extrasensory abilities or capacities and or they just don't fit in the box, that there's something wrong with them. So I think that's very exactly fascinating. And I'm curious what you have found in your journey as what, what do you see as the key to liberation so that we as a human species start to integrate more the emotional body and the mental body and not, not just become, you know, like right now we're just consumers, right? We're just programmed to consume and to work until we die. Like that's the program. <laughs> that's the matrix. Yes. And I think that yeah. you have found a little window and a rabbit hole that you're starting to excavate and find some deeper meaning and deeper answers to life itself, I'm sure. So I'm really curious what you're finding specific to why do you think that's so considered dangerous and why do you think people don't want to talk about it or deal with it people are afraid of that unknown mm -hmm. and so far mental ill health mental ill health crisis that's global you know is unknown to the normies as we call the functionals and personally as an individual i was lucky enough to have been introduced to mental health ill health at an early age because mm -hmm. like i said it runs in my family 
And my dad always explained that, the, you know, that it's not only the physical illness, there is mental illness. I was like, what? You know, but they look healthy to me, Mm-mm. you know, and and to me, I was never afraid of it. I, I witnessed uh, at early age, I was maybe 12. Um, I witnessed a family member trying to stab another family member because they thought that the other family member was an alien impersonating their mother. But in that moment, I wasn't afraid. I just kind of went towards the family members and I asked, do you know who I am? Mm -hmm. And they said, "Mm -hmm." so I said, if I told you that that family member is actually a family member, would you believe me? Mm hmm. And they just kind of got up or went to the room with a knife. So then we called the doctor. But that was something that stayed with me because I didn't feel afraid of the people. That is why now I get, yeah, one of the most challenging like, cases, they, they go to me, which I'm very proud of and honored, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to do. But the main, yeah, the main issue is that people are afraid of anything that's unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, unknown culture, you know, anything. Um, unknown lifestyle, uh, people, oh, I don't know, it must be bad. But but that's what we've been conditioned to do. And and babies are not born mentally ill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the society that literally teaches us from since we're wee babies that we suck, that we're worthless, mm-hmm. that unless, especially nowadays, and unless we have million followers on Insta, this car, this house, you know, we're worthless. Yeah. And that's something that I've learned. Every single client that I've had, no matter what their past, no matter what the level of success, and I've spoken to homeless people who lost everything and successful business owners, yeah, they all feel worthless. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's a brainwashing here because it's not possible for all of us right? to suddenly feel crap. I know. I agree. And that's why I'm so excited to see where this all takes you because I I I saw that as well. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a big scam. Yes. <laughs> like this is a big hoax. And yes. I think those of us that on some level reject the programming are considered different. And then that manifests in symptoms that is then identified as mental illness because it is not we don't fit the mold. And so I remember going through that and just being so confused. And gosh, I wish that I had somebody like you to talk to back then, because it is such a scary and isolating. I will actually say that I couldn't believe the difference of my life. The day before I realized other people existed that had mental health challenges to the day after, and I realized I wasn't alone. It was life-changing everything about my life changed everything and to fast forward to realize not only was I producing symptoms or reactions to programming that I was not in alignment with but I was also working with western medicine that was giving me so many um, medications to the point where that was actually causing me mental illness. And I'm like, there is something really wrong with this whole system here. So I love your approach. One thing that I study, I study mind science and transformational psychology. And the number, there's two things actually that I have found that allow people to go through a beautiful awakening and transformation process. One is community. First of all, just having even one soul 
to hold your hand and let you know that you're not alone, that changes the game. And number two is the identity shifting. When we actually see ourselves differently, then we begin to embody a whole new way of being. So I do want to kind of hop into the topic of your thoughts on identity. I know we briefly spoke about this before we started recording. And also, I would love for you to introduce this beautiful piece of work that you've created, the Superheroics book. And product placement, product placement, product placement coming on. So everything about it is so unique and so beautiful. Oh. So if you can just start off by sharing those two components, what have you found success-wise when it comes to community and connection and uh, identification, like identification. somebody changing their identity through what you teach? So when uh, most of my clients went, no, yeah, 99.9%. When they come in, they feel worthless and hopeless like what we said so they're victims they're in the victim mindset mm -hmm. and knowing their stories I don't blame them you know it's not like if you think I had it hard you know what I actually haven't you know so so we need to change from victim to a survivor because they are survivors they're just still stuck in the victim mindset and then we turn them into warriors yeah the soul you nobody can harm your soul people can har harm, harm your body or your feelings like socrates said but nobody except you can harm your soul so we focus on that and the first methodology of superheroics the first step is h for hope because like my dad said hope is the most precious gift you can ever give to another person mm -hmm. hope sparks faith faith sparks action action sparks change a positive domino effect that begins with a kind word so that's what i do and it's about listening to people and letting them find themselves and their own self-worth mm -hmm. because some of them i don't yeah so, some of my clients they've literally gone through their entire life not having a single person that ever cared for them so to them compassion and love it's, it's completely foreign. They don't know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. But once we get through it and they know, okay, fine, she, she's trustworthy. We can trust her. Um, they open up and I, I watch them just <laughs> taking charge of their lives, you know, and I'm honored to be a part of their journey. You know, difficult situations, um, they can make you or break you, right? Mm -hmm. And my dad always said that success isn't only about achieving or accumulating it's about overcoming too so far you've overcome 100 of what life's thrown at you right that's success <laughs> you know so i do quote it to to my clients and they go okay so i'm not so bad no and i'm not alone no you know when they talk about their mental health issues that other uh, professionals didn't understand and they see that hey we speak the same language hope with capital letters you know comes back up and then magic happens wow. once they believe magic happens because the only limitation that you have is you right. yeah so what you believe you receive yeah and it, but but they believe that life was horrible and everyone was bad because that's what they experienced so i don't blame them for mm -hmm. thinking that way and each time they, they dare to have some kind of hope, there would be disappointment, often from mental health care system, no joke, or legal system. People that are supposed to be, and all the other systems that are supposed to be there to help people like my clients and me, but instead 
often they might be also the straw that brings the camels back and people give up left and right. And that's, yeah. I was just curious if you have found since you've been working as a, what is it called? A peer support? Criminal justice peer supporter. Yeah. Right. So have you found any openings where they're, where the systems are now looking to you for answers and for guidance? Like, is there any kind of a, a paradigm shift that's happening that you're witnessing? Yeah, um, I'm very honored to say that superheroics has been um, distributed amongst multiple prisons and hospitals and um, organizations, charity organizations um, that are focused on mental health. And it's working. I'm getting very positive feedback, really, and very touching and very teary-eyed, basically, um, testimonials, you know, which if you rewind five years back, I was called horrible things. Mm-hmm. Only arsonist, you know, psycho. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by people that were supposed to be my friends as well. So now seeing the result of this madness, you know, the fact that it works and that, that people change their lives. Um, I can give a couple of examples because okay. that's, um, so one of, one of such cases who, uh, basically embodied superheroics to the fullest and was like, right, let's give this a try. Cause he tried everything, nothing worked. Yeah. So that's, it's a middle-aged man, um, in and out of prison since teens. He spent more time in prison than out. Uh, when he found out, when his daughter got assaulted and he found out that the police weren't going to do anything about it because A, she survived and B, they had more pressing issues, my client decided to take matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. He did some digging, found out who the alleged assailant was and where and when he worked. Um, my client grabbed a hammer, hid it under his jacket, went to the shop where through the window he saw the assailant kneeling down and restocking the bottom shelf. He walked into the shop, stood behind him, looked at the back of his head, reached for the hammer. And in that moment, he remembered a bit of in superheroics that says superheroes win and supervillains lose. And how in any fairy tale and superhero story ever told, if you want to have a happy ever after, you need to act in accordance with the laws of peace, like a superhero, not war, like a supervillain. So he thought to himself, I want to be a superhero. And in that moment, decided to peacefully walk out of the store. Imagine the strength of the character. There is a person that hurt your child. Mm -hmm. And yet he still decided to peacefully walk out. out. And not only that he hasn't been back since, leaving judgment to the higher powers, but he hasn't reoffended at all. And has only been focusing on creating beautiful memories with his family, which before, you know, they thought it's not going to work. Yes. Miracles do happen, you know? What is a miracle, right? And another example would be a a woman um, in her mid-20s who felt so hopeless about life, having experienced multiple traumas when growing up, Mm -hmm. uh, that she would often cut her wrists Mm -hmm. and end up in the A&E, sometimes multiple times a week. 
uh, to the point that now her forearms look, in her words, very uh, mutilated. Yes. So they'd quickly stitch her up at the hospital, send her home, and she'd be back soon again. And although she's been in a mental health care system for years, a GP, um, a psychologist, psychiatrist, psychiatric nurse, counselor, coach, etc., etc., unlike me, who had a great therapist and legal team, she had nobody who was on her side who understood what she was going through and what she was talking about mm -hmm. when we spoke for it when we first spoke she said to me that maybe if she dies then all those people will learn from her story and will treat each other better mm -hmm. but i told her the truth that if she wants her story told she needs to make it through to tell it herself yes. so we started immediately applying superheroics and not long ago when um asking her how she was feeling and uh, normally she would say suicidal but that day she didn't when I asked her to tell me one good thing about right here and now normally she'd say nothing but that day she said hmm, the one good thing about right here and now is that for the first time in ages I'm not feeling suicidal Wow. And remembering my dad's, my dad quoting Mother Teresa, don't say no to war, say yes to peace. Mm -hmm. I asked her to rephrase the sentence into a more positive one. So she thought and she goes, okay, the one good thing about right here, right now, is that for the first time in ages, I'm feeling optimistic about life. One of my proudest moments, uh, she hasn't harmed herself since. She's been going regularly to the gym, better than me. <laughs> and... She's one of those that are completely taking charge of her own life. Um, she's finally realized that she needs to embody the best version of her of herself in order to achieve the best results, like a superhero cadet would, which includes being compassionate to everyone, especially those who aren't nice, including herself. Mm -hmm. Happy people don't hurt others, and those hardest to love need love the most. So, yeah. Wow. She's, yeah I'm I'm amazed you know it's I believe in miracles you know I, I believe know. in it and I know no longer believe I know that it is possible to change your life but yes you do need somebody on your side to actually make you see what you are not what you see because what we see about ourselves is usually the programming and is the negative programming somebody can tell you nine compliments and one insult guess what you're going to remember <laughs> And, and we go through life remembering the bad things. Oh, somebody in fourth grade told me that I was a pizza face. So now I feel like a pizza face forever. Yeah. No, you know, the past was a lesson, not a life sentence. But Dream. we need each other yeah. to be that, that shoulder to cry on. If each one of us helped one person, everybody would be happy. You know? I, right? I know. Yes. And that's, that's just such a perfect example of what the connection experiment is about. It's like, wow, going even back to what you were sharing earlier about how what somebody is communicating, even if we think it's nonsense, that you're absolutely right. There is a reason that they're communicating that. I've actually been learning more about neuroscience and that we have... Um, neural networks that get yes. stuck and when we're in trauma and when those get triggered they do communicate oftentimes in ways that are not logical that don't make sense however that doesn't mean that what they're saying is not valid and is exactly what they're they're trying to express their needs and their wants and so it's just amazing to listen that from what I'm taking from all of this is that the manifestations mm -hmm. of disconnection 
are all of these things that we considered mental illness, but what those really are is a communication of some sort that that person is isolated, that that person is hurt. That person needs help. Yes. Yes, Yes. exactly. That's a, that's an example. Also, uh, I remember age ten. That was in Stockholm. It was uh, I was going back home uh, with my dad after work. So we got out of the tube, then took the um, um, escalator up, and then stopped to take the elevator to take us to the ground level. We didn't know that there was someone walking right behind us. So when we stopped abruptly to press the elevator button, a homeless-looking man bumped into us, yelled "a holes," and started walking away to another exit. I looked at my dad appalled. <laughs> but he says no don't judge him what do you see is he well does he look happy i know that no i mean the man looked drunk and it was only afternoon his hair was messy his clothes dirty my dad said this is not a man calling us a-holes mm-hmm. he doesn't even know us so don't take it personally this is someone in need of help yeah. so he told me to wait went after the man um, they started talking. My dad gave him some cash, then wrote something, gave it to the man. The man looked startled, smiled, gave my dad a hug. They said bye, and he came back. What was that all about? I said, confused. And he was like, oh, I just asked the man if he's looking for a job, to which he answered desperately. Good timing, because a restaurant owner I know um, is looking for staff. So I, I wrote I wrote down my friend's number and told the man to call him tomorrow. And I thought, whoa, amazed at how in a matter of seconds, my dad turned an angry man into a smiley one. How'd you do it? Magic? No, just compassion. I remember how embarrassed I got at how quickly I was ready to judge the man, Mm. to kick him when he was down. And why? Because he was rude. That's when my dad told me that all life is priceless and that I should help where I can. No pride or ego present, just the will to help others. And turned out that the man actually ended up working in that restaurant for a year or so until he got himself back on his feet. And I remember thinking, wait a second, my dad's a real life superhero and I want to be one too. So so who is the superhero? It's someone who does good deeds despite of what's happening in their life. Mm-hmm. How does one become a superhero? My dad's answer, actively work on the content of your character and the quality of your deeds so that your inner superhero ratio can be bigger than your supervillain one. Right. And that was a life-changing experience for me because I realized that you should never judge anyone. I'm not saying I haven't judged. Of course, I'm human. <laughs> right. But with having that conscious thought at the forefront it's helped me also with peer support because I literally go in there being there for the person in any capacity I can and I've worked with some people that others would deem unforgivable Mm -hmm. it's not up to me to judge you know they what karma knows what it's doing it's Mm -hmm. not up to me I'm there to help but I promise you that when you hear people's stories there's always a reason and so far not a single person that has gone to the other side, let's call it, has ever wanted it. Mm-hmm. It's just desperation, loneliness, pain and suffering that literally drove them insane. Mm-hmm. You right. can either get out the other end or you end up stuck in that labyrinth of madness. And some people do go, sadly, mm-hmm. do go around on this hamster wheel of madness forever. Nietzsche was one of them. Nobody could help him. And he was a very wise and intelligent man. 
Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. So I'm super curious since, you know, since you have this front row seat to understanding the world in such a unique way, I like, I think you're just one of the most fascinating humans on Mm -hmm. earth and so grateful Mm -hmm. that we're friends. And I, again, looking from everything from a universal perspective of like light and shadow and that it's all one, right? It's all spectrums of the same thing. Have you noticed, and this is just my own curiosity, have you noticed what the purpose is of the villain archetype, right? So we're very clear on what the superhero looks like and the value of that. But I'm super curious what the value is of the villain, at least what you've discovered. Is it just a way for us to develop compassion? Is it a way for us to release judgment? What have you found in your process? Because I can tell that you don't judge. I I can just see it. There doesn't seem to be. So in accordance with superheroics, the role of the supervillain is for us to always have a free will. You don't have to be a superhero if you don't want to be. So whatever happens in your life, you always have a choice okay. in order not to force us to make that, that one decision, which is the right decision. The point is to choose to do the right decision. Mm-hmm. And supervillain will always be there, will always be there in native um, American, well, okay, I, I read it on Instagram, okay? But it said the Native American belief was that, yeah, you've got two wolves and the one that's stronger is the one you feed. And it's exactly the same with superhero, supervillain. Yeah. Literally, you can create a mathematical equation of your deeds, your daily deeds, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you affect those around you? You know, how how do you affect them positively? Do you affect them positively around you? You know, and people who including myself, who are going through a difficult time Mm -hmm. and mental ill health crisis, they feel invisible Mm -hmm. and often harm themselves or or others without wanting to because they they feel so invisible. So they don't realize, me included, um, that your actions actually matter because you don't matter. Therefore, why should your actions matter? Make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's when we create the most damage. For me, for me, it was literally from one day to the other. One day I am this citizen, you know, a functioning citizen, um, and the other I am a defendant. I am a criminal. Right. And it's like, how did that happen? I thought, you know, I thought I was aiming here to be a superhero, and, right. all, and then the arrow went that way. But yeah. I am truly so grateful that it did. Mm -hmm. because it's through adversity where we learn you know if you're in your comfort zone you don't progress you're like this is comfy (laughs) but comfort is the is the number one enemy of progress yeah so life goes come on mm, go learn your lesson I don't want to really and and yeah I can see the same thing with my clients they learn something that are that the normies won't Mm -hmm. you know and normies will learn something that we never will. But what we have learned, we can actually use for good. Because yet again, most of my clients, another similarity that I've noticed is that each one of them does think they're alone. You know, and they think they're the weirdest. They're like, oh, no, I'm too weird now. Try me. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, really? No, because because they've been, me too, yeah. mocked, laughed at, you mm-hmm. know, a laughing stock or talking to herself to some invisible friend. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, eh, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't, but what's real uh-huh. anyway? No, but it's it's wonderful. And because uh, most of my clients have gone through a mental health charity together for mental well-being here, who have given me a chance, who saw something in me, they're like, eh, let's go, you know. Um, because of the ongoing mental health crisis, I decided to go into private sector as well. Mm. So my specialty is the psychotic, post-psychotic and suicidal individuals where, yeah, I feel most, most useful. in. Mm-hmm. That's so incredible, Lim. You said so many things that were just like aha moments. The one that really landed was that when somebody thinks that they don't matter, that they think that their actions don't matter. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're a thousand percent right. I remember being in that space and doing horrible things and it didn't didn't feel like it was even real, right? Same, same. And those are... Yes. And those are the moments where we basically alienate everyone around because suddenly they think, who is this rude person? (laughs) I don't want to deal with you. I've got so they but they don't know how bad it really is because what they see is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. But that's something that also taught me that if there is somebody on the street, you know, who pushes me and goes, you this or that, not taking it personally, because that is the best he can do or she can do on this day. That's pretty must be pretty a tough life. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you feel bad, if you feel like you don't matter, then truly that's when you can do the most damage because you think you're invisible. Therefore, your actions are just I, as invisible. Wow, mm. that is so insightful. You could write a whole other series of books on that. Like that really landed when you shared that. And it reminded me when you were talking about, you know, how your life could have gone different directions and that you don't regret the direction that it went. And I a thousand percent agree. It almost sounds like from day one, you picked your parents from the stars to train you for this exact mission and purpose in life. And there's this beautiful quote that says, we walk the human story that we're meant to heal and transmute in others. And had you not had the experience that you had, there would be no bridge of connection between you and the people that you came to earth to serve. And I will say, I think you and I are such great examples of what can happen when one person heals, you know, like, look at, look at both of us, the things that we're the beautiful things we're doing, (laughs) the beautiful things we're doing in this world, because at some point somebody saw that we were hurting and that we just needed connection and that we needed to be reminded that we actually do matter. And just what an incredible thing it is that we can heal and that we actually were designed to go through exactly the process that we went through to get to where we are, to where we're going. And so I want to rewind just a little bit because I think your process of birthing the superheroics book is just something that's worth sharing one of the things about this show that I really a couple of things I really love transparency I love honesty I love pulling the curtain back and showing people the reality of you know we put people on these pedestals when we see the big shiny glamorous outcome and we don't always know the truth of the path that they took to get there so I love that you're being so transparent and honest 
And the other thing is I want, my hope is that somebody will watch an episode like this and realize that they can take a dream and a vision and they can bring it into form and make it a reality. And that was something that I watched you do. So I would love if you would share a little bit about what was that process like of first having this beautiful vision and then what did it take to actually make that happen to the point to now it's touching and saving lives. So, okay, so where do I start? Mm. Initially, it started out as an idea of writing a little short book uh, titled How to Be a Modern Day Superhero. Um, but then it quickly changed into writing something for someone that I don't know who didn't have a dad like me, you know, and mom who didn't teach the person the basics of moral code, of, of ethics, of same rules for all of us, you know, um, with that in mind. And it quickly became a book that worked with those with mental health issues, especially the post-psychotic individuals, because at least in, in my case and many of my clients who suffered a psychotic break mm -hmm. is that afterwards you don't know what's real and what's not. You don't know what's right or what's wrong because okay. what you see and when you hear what you experience apparently isn't happening because mm -hmm. others aren't experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So how are you supposed to know? Like afterwards, I literally had to Google, was I in a band? Oh yeah, I was. Was my dad famous? Yeah, he was. Okay. Was I, was I in that country? N no, I wasn't. Okay. So that was, it's, mm -hmm. um, we can, that's another subject. I know, I'm but, like super curious now. <laughs> but it's literally, it's literally, everything is jumbled. Okay. That is why the main goal of superheroics is to completely get rid of the, the moral gray area. Okay. Yeah, the the so-called gray area, which my dad said was a man-made place where people kept their excuses. Yes. So it completely divides everything into two piles. Yes, no, right, wrong good bad freedom oppression peace war love hate and you can very easily decide you can very easily tell what each subject where does it fit does the message that you believe in does it stand for unity or oppression you know or division yeah so so you you decide, you know, is it what you, the action you want to take is it um, in love or is it in fear uh, you know which was the reason that you're doing it you know, is it selfish or selfless? It's always, my dad always, he tried to make it as clear as, as he possibly could. It's either one or the other. And it's up to you to decide whether you are the co-creator with the source or the co-destroyer. It's your choice yet again. The role of supervillain is, the option is there. Even yeah. Jesus had that, right? When Satan goes on the desert going, come on, man, let's go. Come to the other side. Even, even Jesus had that option. But he's like, come on, it's a no-brainer. You know, and that was something that, because I wondered where did my dad get all these ideas from, right? And when he, my, my grandma was a very, was a nature lady. Like she was very close to nature. And she always taught him that, that, yeah, that we're all part of the source. Very, very intelligent, very ahead of her time wow. and so she was the one who taught my dad all these all this and because he grew up on uh on characters like Zorro and the three musketeers uh -huh. when when the second world war broke out he said that actually they would go one for all all for one to kind of keep keep wow. each other going 
And when I asked him uh, who the most impressive person he's ever met was, um, I expected some uh, queen or actor or pop star or celebrity. But instead, he says, during the war in my village, there was an old lady who was always positive. If we had no food, at least there was water. If somebody was killed, at least we had each other. And I asked, I was like, what was so special about that old lady? What was her superpower? And then he, he answered, in our darkest hour of need, mm -hmm. when we had nothing left to live for, she gave us hope. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I remember shivers. I don't remember. I don't even remember the lady's name. But when he said that she was his superhero, you know, I was like, I want to be like that old lady. And yeah, during one of my peer support sessions, one one of my clients did say, I remember the first time it happened when one of my clients said, wow, oh, you're really optimistic. And I thought, I'm getting there, you know, I'm, get, I'm becoming that old lady to someone because hope is yeah. the most precious gift we can give to someone. All of us know what it's like when somebody gives us, even holds the door for us, shitty day, but somebody holds, you're like, chivalry isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and great acts, Lao Tzu said, great acts are made of small deeds. It's very true. Mm -hmm. Very, very true. So, wow, yeah. I'm so grateful that you are on the path that you're on because I get these visions sometimes of what could the world look like if we all had our needs met and we were all living our highest vision. And I often wonder how many people that are in their journey of kind of the breakdown and the awakening and the losing process and maybe even going through mental health issues how many of those are the geniuses that we need to be thriving to be you know conscious entrepreneurs and delivering the solutions to bringing us into the golden age right and so the work that you're doing i think you probably have no idea the impact that you're having on the future of the planet earth because of the beautiful people's lives that you're touching and who knows thank what, you who knows what they're going to go on to do so my question to you before we close out in just a little bit is what is maybe you know maybe you don't know yet but what is the vision of what yeah. have you imagined for yourself and your book and the impact that it's going to have what visions do you see of the future Ooh, okay. Um, well, so in my vision, there is more and more people who actually benefit from reading it and create, and therefore we create a happier world because the happier people are, the happier humans in general become. The collective consciousness is happier. So my vision, my dream, my goal is to do my little bit because each one of us is a piece of a puzzle. Each one of us is irreplaceable. Yeah. So my little bit is to, yeah, I guess, introduce superheroics to those who want to live their life righteously. And that doesn't mean that that you're without faults or you don't make them. No, no, you just make less of them. Yeah. And I want the world to be happy. Yeah. You know, I remember when I asked my dad, I was like, oh, my goodness, the world, it's suffering so much. And and he said, yeah, well, um, the world was in perfect harmony until we came along. Yeah. So we kind of need to take credit for, for what we've done. I thought, oh, no. So if yet again, each one of us does a little bit of something good, good yeah. little deed, 
yeah, it's in the book, Good Little Deeds versus Good Little Tests. And you can calculate your score of superhero, supervillain. It's for you only. Yeah, it's personal. And it's yet again, not judgmental. But it only works when you're honest. You know, when people aren't honest with themselves, they don't want to look at their shortcomings. And we all have them. We all make mistakes. We all have flaws. You know, we sh- let the one without sin, right? Cast the first stone. Like, come on. But here we are in the society where we're judging each other for everything. I know. Different uh, clothing, different skin color, different yeah. anything, different. Gen- What's going on? You know, yet again, we're stronger together. So yeah. I hope superheroics will unite people, at least some of them, you know. Oh, yeah. yes. And I, I, I believe it already is because essentially I believe that us as creators are simply channels and stewards of higher consciousness, right? And so you were chosen to birth this beautiful thing into the world and you will be blessed for this work. So for anybody who's interested in learning more, where can they find you? Where can they get a copy of the book? What's the best way to uh, yeah, connect with you? Thank you. The easiest way is to go to superheroicsofficial.com. That's superheroicsofficial.com. And you can can, uh, download a free e-copy of the book. You can request a hard copy if you'd like, and you can book a session with like a free consultation session with me if you think I could, Ben, I could help. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm here to help. Ready? Let's go. That's amazing. I didn't know you were doing that as well. Okay. That's exciting. That's great news to hear. And I also think I saw on your website that you accept donations in case anybody would like to buy a book or a batch of books to send to, I think you were sending them to the prisons, mental health yeah. institutions. So yes. Same if, yes. Okay. yes, if you want to donate, yes, to for the books to be sent to places such as hospitals and prisons. And recently we've done an update, which is on the website as well. Then there is a button to donate as well. Okay. And all, all donations are very, very much appreciated. It costs five pounds to produce the book. So just okay. so you know, yes, one so book. Amazing. Yeah. And I love everything about it. I'm so excited. So to wrap this up, uh, just going yes. back to the original context of this conversation of mm-hmm. the power of connection. What Mm -hmm. advice would you have to anybody who might come across this interview, maybe now or maybe five years from now, and maybe they're feeling some disconnection in their own life? What advice would you have for them from everything that you've experienced, everything that you've witnessed and others healing process? What would be the glimmer of hope that you could offer them right now? Okay, so I'd start with Churchill's quote. If you're going through hell, keep on going and that everything, everything is temporary. So this too shall pass. Please keep believing. Please keep believing. That's all you got to do because what you believe you receive and first you believe, then you see the answers. So that's, that's what I'd say. Mm -hmm. And I love you. Yeah. Whoever needs to hear it. I love you. And it's so true when you were sharing um, that decision, that choice point of do you keep going or not? Like what a blessing that you did, that you were brave enough to do it. And that I didn't do it alone. I know. Yet again, we all need, you know, I had people that literally kind of picked me up, you know, scraped me from, mm-hmm. from the ground up. 
and I want to be that. I want to give back. Yeah. You know, I want to be that for someone else. And yeah. And thank you so much for for this first official podcast. I know. So proud of you. I mean, you are a natural born speaker. I saw a video of you speaking live to a whole audience of people. And I'm thinking, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, that is superhero stamina to be able to do that. So I see a beautiful future for you ahead. And I'm just so privileged and so honored to know you. And we'll keep Thank supporting you. and cheerleading you all the way. And just so proud of you. My dad always said, one day will all be nothing but a story. Make sure yours is an uplifting one. Thank oh you. my gosh. Yes. Actually, thank you so much for saying that because that is another thing. That's another call to action for this particular show is I want to interview people like you. I want to interview the people who are living the work and doing the good deeds every day and that have experienced some sort of transformation in their own life around any of these experiment topics. So if that is you, if you're listening to this episode today and you have a beautiful story to share, like Liv just said, your story is what matters. It is so powerful. Please reach out to me and let me know. And I would love to have you on the show as well. Just want to say thank you to the audience for hanging out with us today and listening. Also, what I'll do is I'm going to put all of your resources and your links in the description box below. And if you don't mind sending me any um, resources live for any mental health outreach that you're familiar with, that would be great resources. I would love to put those in the show notes as well in case this does come across somebody who does need some extra help. If they're not able to connect with you, I would say reach out to live first. But uh, yeah, we'll put some resources in the show notes for anybody who might need some extra love and connection and support right now. But just want to say thank Absolutely. you guys so much for spending your time with us. And hopefully this episode was another reminder that you are the master that you've been waiting for. We'll see you guys in the next episode.